0: The following podcast may contain some strong language and adult themes. If you've got young children around, maybe save it until they've gone to bed. If you really don't like bad words, this pod probably isn't for you.
1: Welcome to the Making of The Numbers podcast. The Making of the Numbers Podcast is sponsored by Hope Technology, JTEC Suspension, Revolution Bike Park, Ride Southern Spain, Schwalt, on the world's finest independent mountain bike magazine, single track. Previously on the Making of the Numbers Podcast.
2: It was crazy because I just um I just got a hospital. I just had some scans and went for the doctors and you know, that was probably the only moment where I was like a friend of mine had to retire from rugby because of a neck injury and and his vertebra had been displaced and um you know that that uh that was starting to go through my mind is, is how severe this injury is. Yep. And uh I picked up my phone and I was like, I was the, the last ten guys to come down, so I stopped watching. And uh my fiance and, and
0: Gasparri from Crank Brothers had were down in the hospital with me, but you know, they're waiting on the benches.
2: And I'm in this bed trying to hold my phone and and then I like I go and get all excited and they come over like, what's going on? I was like, oh, I finished 10th overall, I'm protected for next season. And they're like, well, you're not gonna even think about maybe retiring
0: or what?" I was like, there's no way I'm 10th, I'm protected, it doesn't matter, things are good. And it gave
3: me a bit of uh, bit of hope and excitement in the hospital. Being second is like it can be hard, you know, especially I think behind your teammates. But I think he's younger and he really like appreciating every moment, every good moment. So
4: for sure in my case, if I finish second behind him, I'm like,
5: fuck it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cause I'm older, you know, we have I'm five years old more than him, so you have less time. Yeah, you have plenty of time to play with. For me, it's
2: not the same, so... Fort Williams a bit different to everything else on the World Cup circuit. Are you a fan of that track? Uh... No.
5: (laughs) No,
1: actually, I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, I think that place is like... I felt like when I came home, I was like, man, I feel like I was out there at a race for six months after being there for three days. I was like, this place
5: is
3: just like going to war.
0: The computer tells you everything, but at the end of the day, you just take the
6: fucking brakes off and go fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty (laughs) simple. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of season 4 of the podcast. Episode 8 with Greg Minar and Jordan Williams amassed over 25,000 downloads and streams in its first week and is now our most popular episode ever. So a big thank you to everyone for tuning in and hello to any new listeners out there. We hope you all enjoyed that episode. You enjoy this one and any future ones. So what have we got for you in this episode? Well... In May 2020, we did our first show with Valley Hall and Thibaut Dupreya, two young guns who dominated their junior categories and were about to embark on their first elite seasons. Then, in September 2021, we did a follow-up show. Thibaut had just crashed out in snowshoe, ending his chances of a first elite overall. But Valley won both snowshoe races to take her title. In this episode, we'll be catching up with them both about their 2022 seasons. But first, Emily Siegenthaler, It could have been the GOAT talking about 2022, or maybe it was Jordan Williams' first podcast, which made the the last episode so popular. Or maybe it was your jet-lagged team rumours. What have you got for us this time?
8: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was jet-lagged team rumours. You mean they weren't true? We don't
2: know yet. No, well... Don't- I
8: don't even remember what I said. I said something. <laughs> Was it Andy Cole on on? Star- she said
0: all kinds of stuff about Cam. She's gonna be furious.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I lost my memory since last episode, and I also lost my memory of the actual episode because I wasn't there because I forgot. Remember?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah.
8: actually, we maybe gonna talk about that a bit later. But I heard something about um the no proof team. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, um. Louise Ferguson was a nook proof already. Yeah. So I heard they're going to take her on.
2: Oh, like full-time?
8: And, yeah, and they might take another girl on as well.
2: Oh, wow, that'd be cool. Another yeah. team with multiple fem- um, female riders. That'd and be great. That's,
8: so that's what I've heard, and I, I have no confirmation of this, but I think maybe Bear Whitman will leave Saracen with um, Harry. Yeah. And do new that is
2: happening. Right. Yeah. That's a new one. I didn't yeah. know that. So, that's so big the changes, I have for you. Yeah, Always big delivering, changes.
5: George.
2: You are delivering that, <laughs> Jack. Have you got? Have you got any? Um, did we talk about that new
0: proof one last time? Because I knew about that. I think we, we talked, talked about I it. And did. Did.
5: Did
2: we, I think did we, we did. That? Only after the sh- after we'd finished recording.
0: Okay, oh, yeah, oh, I could have did. thrown that one in last time. I forgot about that one. I'm shit for gossip. I'm too busy. <laughs> I love gossip, don't get me wrong, but I'm shit <laughs> like pioneering it because I, yeah, my brain's elsewhere. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's exci- exciting thinking about who could be going where.
2: So I was going through looking at, at the final standings for 2022 and, and I picked out a few riders who might be on the radar of pro teams. So in the women's, Mathilde Bernard, she was making a real impact until she got injured. I think she was on like a Scott team, but but not the factory one. What, what do you know about her, Emmy? I, th- I think she comes from BMX. Is that, is that right?
8: Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's coming from BMX. So uh, the first time I've seen her is when I was still on Scots, so ages ago. Right. She was a little kid back then. She was like, I don't know, like maybe seven, eight-year-old. Yeah. Just like manualing the whole straight like some guy's pump track. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> she was like amazing skills. And I've never seen a girl manual that well. And she was like eight or nine. And um yeah, so she's went after BMX she'd like switched to mountain biking yeah and also she's still very young. she's kind of like me like a really tiny rider so it's like on some tracks it works, it works better than others and she has her first injury as well and um yeah, I think she's still looking for for a team
2: right okay um,
8: she asked me about some contacts and stuff and hopefully she can find something. I think Scott wouldn't take her on because they have marine and yeah age difference is not very big so Okay. I wouldn't count on that, but maybe I don't know. Someone else will see. She's um, she's a very young, and talented rider, so it would be good if she finds something.
2: Yeah, definitely. Louise Ferguson, we've you, you've already mentioned. She got 14th in the overall. Off, I think she she, well, she did four races, I think, but the first one didn't qualify, just kind of finding a feat. But so 14th off three races is is, is a really good result. And then there was Anna Newkirk who. If I remember rightly, it was Valley's biggest competitor in junior. There was Anna Millie, and, yeah. and Valley. Tenth yeah, in the has, overall. She has
8: her own structure with like the team yeah. she has with, with with Abby. Yeah. And I think they have a low budget from Centaur. So I think it's it's working well for now. They have the new Swiss brands from IXS, Bix, who like is developing a new downhill bike. So it's pretty I think it's it's pretty challenging for them to develop that bike with two girls. I think it's it's a pretty cool project. So
2: yeah,
8: I could see them going going on with that.
2: Excellent. So Jack, you're a few weeks into fatherhood now. How's it going? Are you still getting enough sleep?
0: Yeah, man, it's uh, going really well. I did just nod off there, but I'm back with <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's, it's going great. Um, yeah, everything's still going really well. So we're still really enjoying it. So he's almost on the bike. I reckon next time you ask me that, would have been out for our first ride. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent. So let me ask you a hypothetical question. I was looking as I say, I was looking through the kind of results and, and um if you could have one of these young riders on on your team next season, they all finished around fiftieth in the overall. As a team manager, which, which one would you take? So uh, there's Henry Kerr, Paul Busquets, Kaya Hearn, Gaytan Vige, and Simon Chapelet. Which one of them would you have and, and why? Well, <clears throat> It's, I've
0: got to be careful how I answer this because I'm good friends with four of them. <laughs> I don't know Simon. I'm sure he's a nice lad. Um, I've known Henry forever because obviously he's from the UK. Yeah. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll level with you. I actually spoke with Powell a few weeks ago right. and asked him if we would be interested in riding for the team. So I guess that answers the question. He's a first-year elite. He's had some really good results. He's shown top 10 pace. Um, he's definitely going places. But <clears throat> with that tie, top 10, months An, Henry Kerr almost on the podium at Val de Soul. Yeah. So for me, it would be out of those three. Um, Gaytan and Simon are really yeah. talented as well. But yeah, um, I would be choosing from those three. The, the interesting thing about Simon is he did very little as a junior. Um, as a junior, he was on um, United Ride, Chris um, Custer's team. Yeah. And, next to not qualifying quite a lot of the time. And since COVID, he's, he's been getting some results. So it's interesting to see that, um, you know, it's not always these juniors that are setting the world alight that then go on to have, um, professional careers as elite riders. So it's going to be interesting
2: to see how he can carry that on. Um, cool. But yeah. Which Emmy, if you were to pick in one of those, which, which one would you pick these hypothetical?
5: Uh, question. Powell
8: for sure. Yeah. It's like, is like my law. Little- Boy crush. <laughs> he's, he's but like, loud, I really like him. I think he's. I, we always talk to him, and we're like. I think he's always smiling, and I don't know. He has a great personality, and he's like so. Like I like his style on the bike, and he's like a tall guy as well for like a junior. But I think he like makes most of like his yeah his stature, and yeah I don't know. I just like the way he rides, and mm. I mean the other guys. I don't know Henry that well, and Kai is. I am also a good friend with his sister, but I think yeah, Paul is my favorite for
2: yeah. sure. I, I know Henry quite well because his his dad races in our category at the races. Well, he doesn't really race; he hasn't really raced since Henry's been on propane. But shout out to Greg, um, and I think Henry's he's done a bit like you, Jack. He's done his degree now. Yeah, so I, big respect to Ben Reed as well for for sticking by Henry while he went
0: through university, a lot of team managers would have just sacked him off. Um, But Ben's supported him on that team for four years. Henry's got a master's degree, I believe in engineering, but he's a switched on kid. He's gone all the way through his uni while racing alongside of it after missed races for exams and stuff. And and I, I believe this year was, it was either this year or last year was his first race fully back on it after graduating. And it just shows that uh, the distraction that those qualifications put on you by the way yeah. he's, he's come out this year getting a top 20s and showing that he is capable of pushing the podium. So yeah, he's a lovely kid. He's a great rider. It's going to be exciting to see what, what he can do moving forward.
2: Without wanting to give anything away, given that you're trying to pull a team together, Jack, is there anyone else out there who you think is is underrated? They've got all the skills, but they haven't managed to put it together yet. Or is it just, this is racing, it's about putting it together?
5: Um,
0: There definitely will be. Um, I'd need to look at a list of names because I'm shit with shit like that off the top of my head. (laughs) But yeah, for sure, there will be some riders in in that pack who, you know, Ronan Dunn was one of them. until Snowshoe was always one of the most impressive riders on the track and it was always going to be a case of it's a matter of time until he wrecks himself or he has that breakthrough result and thankfully it was the second one so yeah there will be more and uh, it's the big problem I have with a sport is there's just so few places for those riders to be supported and be developed and whatever happens with the changes from Red Bull into Discovery and Warner Brothers taking it over I just hope that Whether it turns into a kind of Formula One, Formula Two kind of system or whether they just become more teams able to take more riders, I just hope it increases the amount of support available because it's such a good sport. There's so many youngsters coming through now. It's ridiculous. I don't have time to coach more. Like, (laughs) I do not have enough hours in a week to coach a number of juvenile and youth riders that want coaching. So it's so exciting for the sport. And it's so sad to think that by the time they get to second year junior, unless dad's willing to fund it and able to fund it, Yeah, they'll
2: just have to fade away, and it's it's a shame. So hopefully that'll change. Yeah, and um, Emmy, is there anyone you can think of?
8: Um, there's a Swiss rider. His name is Yannick Bechler. He's like qualified uh, a couple of races uh, last year. This year was injured for most of the the thing, but like he he was like showing like top thirty, top forty pace, and he has literally like no support. He was this year on like that Scott B team, but yeah, I mean it's still like quite an amateur team, and um yeah it's a bit of a sad story his father had big accident and he's in a wheelchair now so like it was life altering kind of experience last winter so i think for him all in all it was a really hard situation to be in because his father was like very active on the motorbike on the bike he would go with him all the races be his mechanic you know so it was a hard situation and he didn't make world steam as well and that was like well that whole (laughs) <laughs> shit storm with the Federation happened because yeah. I didn't agree with that decision and he he showed in Valley so like he could qualify. So I think it ended, ended up like I don't remember, but he qualified around 30, 40th. So it was it was a good response on the bike. But um yeah I think he's he's very good and there's Austin Dooley as well, who
2: Yeah. The American is, kid.
8: Uh mm. maybe raw speed I don't know but he's very consistent for his age like and that's, that's very impressive to see. So it's a bit different than maybe a power which has raw speed but can't really be consistent. And Austin is the opposite. And we roll with him in Worcester as well. So he's like a sweet kid. And he could be like a very good in the future as well.
0: You make a fair point about Austin. The other thing to like support what you've just said about the consistency raw speed thing is 2021, he didn't have that pace. So now he's faster with consistency. So if he makes that jump again all of a sudden he's going to be knocking on the door of the top 10. So interesting.
2: What you were saying before, Jack, about, you know, the young riders coming through, I, I I never stopped believing in Luke Williamson. And he won the the last national of the year at the Revs, clinched this national series with it. And I hope that gives him the confidence for next season, because I think there's a rider in there that, that could be.
0: Mate, there is for sure. Like I say this to most of the lads I coach and girls I coach, like, you know, Luke was, what was he qualified 13th or something like that? Fort William. Like once we all get to that level, like me and Dan have been riding together for three years. And if you put the stopwatch on it, me and Dan will be very similar. He came 10th at Maribor because that weekend everything went well. It all worked. My point is there are so many people on that list of about hundred riders who can do it, but everything's got to align at that time. So Yeah. yeah, Luke is fast enough. Luke can do it, but can he do it on the day?
2: That's the exciting thing about it. So in the last episode, Jack, you, you, you announced that you were unfortunately a part in ways with Common Sal and that other teams were too. Uh, do, do you think that might mean the end of the Comensal 100% team? Because that would that'd be quite big news if it does. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> that team is
0: is going to kind of change. I think some of those riders are going to go on to a commonsal team run internally. Right. Um, and whether the, the team run by Peach then becomes a team with different sponsors, I think that's what's happening. But that's about as much as I know. I don't really know who's going where or, or who's involved with what. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, that team won't look the way it does next year.
8: So from Cam, I have some info about that because obviously, Common Sal talks a lot, and she's like good friend with them um, with the Iniguez brothers. So um, I think Millie was searching for a team. Because she didn't know if Peach could go on with another team, but Comensal is definitely not with Peach anymore. Yeah, and so um, I think it was Millie and who else is on that team? Suarez is leaving, I think.
2: Yeah, so Ange- and- Angel Suarez, Millie, mm-hmm. and Hugo Frickstalon, and then Thomas Stack and Greg Williamson.
8: Okay, so um, Frick-Stallon is going with someone else of Comensal to do a team. I think it's uh, Matu Eniguez, maybe, and I think
0: Tom as well. I think
8: maybe all three of them are like stylish team and stuff. Yeah. So Millie um, is trying to like see if, if Pish is still be able to put a structure to get, together with another brand.
0: And I know Greg's mechanic. And from what I'd heard, Greg's been talking to a large number of people about his options. And mm-hmm. last time I spoke with him, no decision had been made. So and, and I know what Greg's like. I'm sure we'll find something. But yeah. who knows
2: what. 100%. Mm-hmm. I was also wondering about Charlie Harrison. It's been a, a rough few years for with, for him with injuries. He was eighth at Snowshoe last year, but then broke his finger at Fort William this year and hasn't kind of shared anything on Instagram since then. I think when when Loris joined Trek in twenty twenty one, if I if I remember correctly, Reese's spot on the team was under threat because they were they had they had four riders, um, which is is quite unusual. An American brand, how important is it? to them to have an American rider. A pivot American, I mean.
5: Yes.
0: So you can answer that question better than we can.
5: Well, <laughs>
0: you can guess. I
5: think it.
8: for Trek, there's a very important to have an American rider and to, in my opinion, it's as a mountain bike it is easier or it's like an advantage should be an American rider on the market because most brands are like the American market is very big.
5: Yeah. So that's
8: why we had Elliot for years, but for mm. us it's a bit different because pivot, gives a, like all old, almost all the liberty to Bernard. So Bernard decides who he wants to be on the team. And if someone's American, it would be better. But with the dynamic that we have with the Kiwis on the team and the UK part, sometimes, um, yeah, you don't need it as much because Eddie is like very much credible. So they found yeah. someone English-speaking that can do the job. But yeah, I, I don't know about Charlie either. I've heard rumours he's going to stop racing. I don't know.
2: So, I remember when, when we had, I think it was when we had Reese, and this was before you even joined the podcast, Jack. It was the end of season one. I'm sure he said that, like, Charlie's family are firemen or something like that, and Charlie's going to go and be a fireman. But He's
0: extremely religious, isn't he? And is I he? remember reading posts along the way whenever things have kind of gone wrong, injuries or whatever, where he's kind of been a bit nonchalant, just like,
2: eh, yeah.
0: whatever. Remember Gwynny back in the day, You yeah, always yeah. used to say, well, I don't That's really God's care. Plan, yeah. I've got God and my family and I'm all good. And I, I get a feeling Charlie's a little bit like that. Um, and he's, as you've said, he's had a few rough years. He might just be looking at it and going, fuck this. I won't do this anymore. Cause shit, I know how that feels. Yeah. Halfway through last year when my shoulder feels like it's going to fall off my body. You're like, why are you even, why am I even doing this anymore? But I do fucking love it so much. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to keep going if I can, like so. Yeah. But you know, he might just have enough.
2: So, have either of you heard anything further from ESO in the last couple of weeks? Not a thing. No,
0: not a Scooby George. Nobody's got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, We've got to trust the system, haven't we? They're a massive company. So,
2: <laughs> really random team rumor. Really, really random. Win Masters to replace Rob Warner. Where did you hear that? I can't remember. Your I have too many beers near it. <laughs> no, I know where I heard it from. But it makes sense. It, it, yeah.
0: I mean, think about what a, a Muppet Rob was back in the free cast today. It's like a good one, obviously. But with the training he then had, he's become the Red Bull Rob Warner. So you,
2: you Wynn's pretty media trained already. So He's got the charisma as well, hasn't he? You can't yeah, have 100%. one of the GMBN guys doing it. It's just like. Nah,
8: He's got he's got the the race knowledge as well. He's very Absolutely. interested, yeah. In women's racing, in junior racing, junior women's racing, like he he, he basically like is interested by everything yeah. that has to do with our sports. So I think
2: he do a good job. Yeah. yeah. You have a word with Eddie for the next episode. <laughs> I could. <laughs> what but I don't know out how much know. they <laughs> talk to each other. Just a all of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> bah, 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 bah. So
8: <laughs> too, busy, too busy skiing.
2: And developing houses from what it was.
8: T- if you can't, if you can't call that skiing because it's more like doing backflips on skis and crashing.
2: He's a shit
0: skier, isn't he? it? it's funny though. <laughs>
8: but he just started. But they're like the, these these guys are in, insane. They just like barely know how to to do a court like yeah, the car, but they just do like double backflip.
2: Fearless at everything he does, it's isn't fearless. he? Fearless, absolute legend. <laughs> so. The big news over here in the UK since the last episode dropped was the guys at Revolution announcing the closure of the park in January due to disease affecting the Japanese larch trees that that make up two-thirds of the forest. Yeah, it was. it's a heartbreaking video to watch. I was on the, the first uplift the guys ever did in 2011, and I've been friends with them ever since, and they've supported me and the podcast from the start, and I just wanted to say a big thank you to James, Sasha, Finn, Tim, Joe and Linda for that. I was going to do a a special episode of the pod with them. Well, with them all last year, go and record it in Clandinock, um, to celebrate 10 years of the park. Um, but like many ideas I have and many promises that get made around the podcast, it it didn't get done, but I am hoping that once the guys have a bit, a bit more news that we can get that show together and and talk about the future as well. Jack, you, you were at Revs yesterday and, and I'm there next weekend. Tell us a bit about, about the park and, what it means to you and why you choose to do so many of your coaching sessions there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I was the same as you, George. I was there at the start. I don't, I think I was there on opening day, but I, honestly that long ago, I can't remember, um, just being going there all the time. And I was, I was thinking about this the other day because when I'm there now, I'm usually there working, um, and I was standing in the forest of the day. I'd got some videos that the kids come through and I was standing next to one of my free lap things and just looked around the woods and I was like, shit, this isn't going to be here in like two months time. And it proper like got of me because I rem- like winters doing laps down fireside has genuinely helped me have the career I have had because like in the UK, we, we don't have that many places to do good training on a downhill mountain bike. And over the years between, say, 2013 and COVID, basically, I'd spend a lot of days going the revs and just lapping far side on, on the GoPro and just doing the runs. And that kind of value that that's given to me is potentially, like, you know, a big part of my career. And now it's obviously helping me coach these future young athletes who are going to hopefully have great careers themselves. And to think that from January, it's not going to be there anymore. Is is like it's what you said. It, it is heartbreaking because this is a tiny sport, and there's only a few bike parks in the country, and we're losing one of them. So, so yeah, same as yourself. Huge shout out to everyone involved, all the staff, all all the the people there, and
2: uh, they they will be missed. Definitely. Okay. Well, we 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 all hope the guys can can get something together, be that in the nog or or elsewhere, to so sure do produce some fantastic trails. On a brighter note. We'll be back with 2022 Elite Women's World Champion Valley Hall after these messages.
4: Megan, it's Sasha at Revolution Bike Park. It's that time again. We're going to go and have a chat to a few people about what they think is the best thing about Revolution Bike
5: Park.
1: Uh, very dusty today, so that's a good thing. <laughs> but um, probably the variation of tracks from uh, for beginners or intermediate, I should say, to advanced, you know. Uh, free rides, um, Get pass. Ghetto. Get all. Far side. New far side's
2: not it. Yeah. Pretty much them all. Yeah.
1: Uh, just, ju- just, ver-
0: just a very trial to be honest. Yeah yeah. It's a bit for everybody, isn't it? From from all guys like us to absolute pros.
2: Hi, I'm Ollie Wilkins. And I'm Ben, the Deaconator Deacon. We've just spent the last week at Ride Southern Spain, having a fantastic time. We have.
0: We've ridden countless amounts of enduro and epic downhill trails. That's right. They have a workshop, swimming pool, pizza oven, fire pit. They've even got a
2: donkey here, dude. You get a free beer if you ride, you know. That's right. Nice, so, so we've just dropped into this first trail of the day. Cheeky little uh, off piece line here. Nice little. Dusty berm at the bottom to catch you. Six hundred
0: pounds a week includes accommodation, airport transfers, six days of uplifts and guiding.
2: Check out their social media or website to book your holiday at Ride Southern Spain. Ride Southern Spain. Valentina Hall, welcome back to the pod. How's it going?
4: Thanks.
2: so good. Excellent. Straight out of CrossFit, straight onto the pod. Was it? Was it a tough session?
4: I think so. We do lots of Metcon right now. So I'm not used to heavy breathing. <laughs> well,
2: what's Metcon?
4: Well, it's just like a bit more endurance-based stuff. So it's good for me though. So it's fine.
2: Okay. Is, is does anyone like doing CrossFit? Is is this a Cecile Ravenel initiative or is it something it's not something you've chosen to do?
4: No, I think my mechanic influenced me a bit more on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised Cecile would never do crossfit herself she never really used to go to the gym at all <laughs> no, but she changed a lot like now good. they even go for fun to the gym and
5: uh, good it's
4: i was sick. gonna
2: say she looks like that through just riding oh <laughs> I, that would be amazing so you've, you've also been doing some dirt jumps with the uh, bmx champion laura smoulders was, was this just for fun or, or is that part of a, a bigger plan who knows <laughs> Rampage, here we come.
5: (laughs) Well, I
4: think it's more not rampage wise, it's more in the other direction. Maybe a bit more hardtail time than big jump.
0: All right, cool. All right, Valley. So 2022, then um, it started pretty well. Second place at Taruca and then second place at the Briode World Cup in France, where you did have a mechanical and then you arrived in Lourdes with the number one plate. As you're going along this elite journey, um, you're certainly taking things off already. Um, were you happy with where you were coming into the 2022 season?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, it was a super early start. When was it Portugal was in February, mm. first World Cup in March, like not a lot of Well, I guess I had way more bike time than I used to have before. So there yeah. was like no excuse to not do well. Um. <laughs> Definitely like I was still buzzing from from the last two rounds in snowshoe and I just wanted to do well and maybe put a bit too much pressure or like I had big expectations. So, um, well, fourth place at the first World Cup was not what I wanted to, but it was so tight as well. So honestly, I couldn't complain. But yeah, I mean, not what I wanted, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Did you have a strategy coming into the season? Because. We think we heard somewhere that you wanted to focus more on winning individual races rather than just being consistent and going for podiums. Is that true?
4: Mm, Well, I guess I just wanted to test like how far I can push because I don't maybe it's a bit it was the wrong strategy, I think, because I still need to work on my consistency a little bit more. But I just wanted to see how much I can push, but I kind of overpushed it like four times in a row. And like it really sucks that it woke up because you can't really do many mistakes cuz every time you you know fuck up a final you just <laughs> have less uh, less options for a good overall so um yeah um i don't really know what i did um i think i just had the wrong mindset like i wanted to win so bad and wanted to impress other people and all my sponsors that i somehow just couldn't do my race runs
0: okay so you just mentioned lords um you were the fastest qualifier and that was with a time that would have won the race, but then you finished fourth, one point six back. Green at split three, but then lost a little bit in the final two sectors. What happened there? Obviously, you were disappointed. Talk us through it.
4: Um. Well, such a long time ago, I don't know. <laughs> you got to definitely, definitely, I lost. I think I lost the third spot in the last corner. That's hundred percent sure. I was so scared about crashing in the last corner again.
5: Yeah.
4: So I like slam a brakes super hard and uh, yeah i don't know i just i did some weird things where every time i I did well in qualifying i changed lines for the next day and i did it in lord again and it didn't work out again so maybe that's something i should not do in the future like stick to my lines if i win qualifying and i feel comfortable why change it like yeah just go faster yeah
0: you've answered your own question there i think (laughs) Okay, um, so second at the National at Fort William to Nina. Um, and then from there, I think, did you have a, a like a week-long trip to Dovey Bike Park? Is that right? With Red Bull?
4: Exactly. Uh, Nina kicked my ass at the BDS in Fort William, big time. So I was quite quite shocked, but uh, well, it is what it is. Then we went for Red Bull camp. It was the first time Red Bull hosted this kind of uh, athlete camp thing.
7: Uh-huh. It was
4: Quite funny because like all the juniors were invited, like Phoebe and uh, Gracie and uh, Rachel was there. So the goal was to do uh, time runs, but it was just the weekend before the World Cup in Fort William. So I was not really keen to push and save my energy because Fort William is so physical that I did not really wanted to uh, push. And also I didn't really want to get my ass kicked by Rachel just week before. <laughs> so it was good for my, uh, for my. I guess self confidence to to not show my time and just enjoy riding and have fun and do some whips and yeah
0: yeah sure. Have you ridden in the UK much before? What what did you think to the bike park at Davy?
4: Oh, it's like it's my first time already at the Davy bike park, so I love it. It's cool. The uplifts are quick, and you have so many yeah. different tracks to ride. So
2: it's good. I'm going going tomorrow. I've only been once before, surprisingly, given we're not that far away. I've only been once as well. Yeah, the last time some um, one of the lads I was riding with broke his collarbone on the third run. So I've literally I've done two runs down it. So oh, uh, I'm most excited for it. I tell you what, it's been that
0: long since I've been there, it was pre COVID.
2: Yeah, Sam wow. Yeah, Sam
4: Well, wow, so they have so many new tracks. Like it's insane. Yeah, they it does. I do
0: need to know. I'm just always working. I just never have time.
4: <laughs> and now you have a kids
8: so are even worse.
0: <laughs> that, that that has given me more time. I don't have boots. Oh good. I can't <laughs> <do anything. laughs> like today I was just like fuck it I'll go ride like Sarah's got this shit locked down so I'm just yeah, it's been great I'm have more
2: so for William I'm a little bit confused here I can't remember if it was the national or the world cup I think I saw you at both but one of them I saw you on Thursday and Friday I think if it was the world cup and we chatted briefly and you you didn't seem very happy at all was that the world cup or was that the national
4: Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> I knew
2: it was coming. <laughs> you seeded second at the World Cup and then crashed out in your race run, but still got fifth. Um, tough weekend.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I just crashed again, but it was my first crash. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it much. It was just like, okay, I crashed. It's yeah. fine. Still on the podium. I was not far back on third, on the top three, so that was yeah. actually sick. Um, it's also good to know that, like, even if I crash, just carry on because you can still do a yeah. decent, decent result. And when I crashed in for William because it was quite, quite far at the top, I was like so pissed for like a minute long and thought about stopping. And if I would have carried on, it would have been a better result. But I guess that's what you learn.
2: I, I went back and watched it before, before well, this afternoon, and um, you crashed just after you got under the gondola, wasn't it? You do that. Right as you go into the gondola, and it was the next left that you went down in. But you were a bit, you had a couple of moments just before that. It was like it carried on, and then you you went down, but you were pushing, weren't you?
4: Yeah, I tried to have the fastest Mercedes Benz split, whatever it is. <laughs> I was like, I was going so fast because I knew Nina would be so fast on his track. So, like, I gave it all, and it felt sick. Like, it was, I, I don't remember like riding that fast. So, it was good until I crashed. So.
2: Yeah, right. When I went, I think I went and looked at the splits, and I think you and her were were pretty much neck and neck uh, yeah. until you until you went down. So Nina put down that was possibly the run of the season. That five fourteen down down Fort William. She seems to have some some secret sauce on that track, but obviously you you've got it as well.
4: Well, who knows? I mean, all the teams like spe- like I think most of the riders spend some time before the World Cup on this track, so. I guess the more runs you do on it, the better you are because it's just so long and you, you can test yourself and prepare really well. So I wonder how it's going to work for next year when we have World Champs there. going to see some uh, really tight race kits. And,
5: uh... <laughs> 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 You're not wrong. <laughs> uh,
2: and it's in August next year, so everyone's yeah. going to have loads of time to practice because normally when it's in May, it doesn't open. That long before, so there's going to be a lot of people there right up until August, I imagine. I wonder
0: if Rachel will come back for it. I've never even considered it until just now. I'm
8: pretty sure she will, but I don't know, but I have a good feeling she'll try. Mm. She's been strong in the past there. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, you are national champ in Summering, and I think you also you were also national champ as a junior. Yeah. Um, I've done national champs this year and I think it's a pretty cool hiss. Um, What does the national title mean to you?
4: Um, well, it's a hard question because I'm not really a big fan of our national team, federation, whatever, because... Well, it makes two of us.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <My> <laughs> <own>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, on one hand, I actually don't really care. It's more like, I don't know, sometimes it's even an issue because... Then you need a jersey. Then you don't have the jersey in time. You get a fine by the UCI like I did last year. Then I was wearing the national jersey by accident at national. So I got another fine last year. So I got two times a fine for wearing it and not
5: wearing it. <laughs> and I
4: was like, oh, I'm over it. So I didn't race last year. And then uh, this year I did race because we ordered the jerseys already with the national sleeve. So I had to race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs>
2: How so, much pressure was that sat in the start line, <laughs> knowing the jerseys had already been produced?
4: <laughs> well, uh, it was all right. Was not, there's not so much competition in Austria yet, but uh, in five years, it's going to look different because there's some really, really fast girls coming up. And uh, I'm so stoked because there's so Steezy on the bike and finally there's something coming and uh, it's, it's great to see.
6: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
8: Yeah, we're going to talk about, I think we're going to talk about these camps a little bit later. Um, coming back to Fort Williams, uh, I think we talked about that on uh, Cam and I's podcast as well. Um, I think you made some changes to your bike um, at for, or after Fort William. Yeah. Um, what
4: were you looking for what, what what did you what did you do yeah so i guess everybody saw that we are on some black box products and uh, it's the first time for me that i get involved in all the testing and obviously it takes some time to develop a good product and probably the first few versions are not where it should be for world cup racing so i just had to like get used to it and yeah i think we worked a bit wrong at the first two World Cups. It was just way too stiff for me coming from a 35 to a new 38. Being super stiff for, for a girl as well, like I really struggled with arm pump and, uh, I just couldn't ride. I think you can see it on the videos pretty well that I'm like bouncing off all the rocks, which were on that track. So, uh, I struggled a lot and then, uh, yeah, I just gave Met my bike the weekend before, before Liu Gong to ride it in a bike park because That's what we did when we were on YT. He had the exact same bike as I had, and he exactly knew how the bike is is reacting. And with the new session, he didn't have the chance to. So I just gave him the bike. And then after the day of riding, he was like, ah, now I get it, what you mean? (laughs) It was a bit of a miscommunication for a few weeks, but uh, we got that dialed. And uh, I think at the end of the season, we also got some some new stuff for for the black box and we just uh, yeah we worked into the right direction we also started using the telemetry system and he could react better on my feedback and i was a bit more patient and it worked out at the end <laughs> cool
8: um then um leo gang your home soul race um tell us
4: about the pressure that brings well like everybody knows, Liu Gang and me were best friends. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like it's so cool, and it's nice to have a home world cup. Like not many people get the chance to race at home, and it's pretty close to home. Like I know all the lift people, and like the marshals on track, they all know me, and it, it's fun. Like even some teachers, uh, they are marshals at the weekend, so it's it's fun to stop and talk to them. But on the other hand, like there's so much pressure, like. You have all the the media there, like your face is on every wall. Like everybody expects you to do well, and I don't know why people expect me already to win most of the races. I'm only 20, but they were already talking first in elite that, that I'm gonna win everything. But I'm but I'm not because I need to learn how how to how to race and how to get that race craft. So yeah, I think the home cut Cup was just a little bit too much too much for me, and yeah, crashed two times in my race run and. I was really really devastated like it was the first time in my life that I cried because of racing I think the last time I cried was when I was eight when my grandma died so it was really I'm not really a uh, how you say like I'm not really emotional, emotional yeah and I just broke down and it didn't help that my mom was coming into the finish and I just couldn't stop crying it was insane like I was so sad. And then I think the week after it was crankworks Innsbruck and I was like so down that I didn't even want to race crankworks. Like I wanted to go home and stay in bed and I don't know, just be alone. But uh, yeah, I guess that's something you learn. But it's also cool that sport can can be so important for you. and uh, But you can also have super nice moments, which, you know, make you forget the sad moments. It's okay.
8: Of course, the more you commit, the more you have Reward, but also the more you can be hurt if it doesn't work out for sure. Um, so you mentioned in- Innsbruck, Quank Works. Um, you won yeah. that race. Uh, I think Tracy Tracy was racing. Did you win qualifying?
4: Yeah, I I got my, my ass kicked by, yeah. two, by four <laughs> seconds in qualifying. my! Like, <laughs> well, 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 didn't win qualifying. She's gonna win the race. <laughs> <laughs>
8: and then you went to do some EWS uh, Valdifasa You got tenth there. I know the answer to this question, but I'm asked her anyway. <laughs> so how was your first EWS experience? And also, are we going to see you do more of this next season?
4: Oh, it's sick. I think uh, training with Cecile Ravenel, you can't not do an EWS. Like, you will always end up pedaling somewhere. So <laughs> it was sick. Like, uh, it was also really good for me to, like, turn, you know, put my attention to something else and, like, experience something else and yeah, face a new challenge because before I, I never did an Endura race. I did one in Israel, but it was only like, what was it, like 500 meters climbing. So it was not not big. And it's intense. Like, wow. Um, um, I definitely did not pedal. Every time there was like uphill in the stages, I just put my seat post up. And then later I talked to the girls and they were like, no, we were sprinting. I'm like, oh, it's your first gear. like, seat post up and <laughs> was enjoying my day um but it's sick like uh I'm keen to do more I'm actually planning to do the ones in March this year in Tasmania and uh I think if I prepare for it properly and and focus on it I think it can be quite fun
2: yeah I think when I looked at the uh at the times and I think you lost like a minute or something on the last stage and if you yeah, haven't done I've never
4: done like a, the longest lap I did is Fort William which is like <laughs> five minutes twenty maybe <laughs> And this one was, like, 15 minutes. Like, I had no idea how to pace myself. Like, you can go for a coffee if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. It's like
2: but if you hadn't lost that, I think you'd have been fifth or sixth, something like that, which would have... I did,
4: honestly, I didn't even check. Yeah, yeah,
2: when I looked, I think if you'd... <laughs> something like that. If you, I think if you it might have been if you'd have done the, the same as the fastest person on that stage, you would have come oh, fifth wow. or something like that. I didn't go into huge detail on it, but yeah. yeah. So, Lenzer Hyde. Big crash in quali, but you finished P6 in quality, then you finished P5 in the race, but you were 11 seconds back on Miriam. Tell us about Lenzer
5: Well,
4: like the track was sick. I loved yeah. it, but I had the biggest crash in my season in qualifying. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know what happened there. It was insane. I was like so sore and then... Yeah, crashed again in my race run. And that was the point where I was like, what the heck is going on? Like honestly, I have no idea. Like I was questioning myself so much. Like I was beating up myself so much because why is it happening? Like what I am doing wrong. And I did not know the answer. And I was so yeah, I was so pissed and over it that I just had no more expectations coming into Andorra. Like nothing. I was just cruising in Andorra and like I didn't give a shit about. Any results anymore because it's going to be shit anyway. So, but it wasn't.
2: So, no, I mean, you, so you've done four races, like you say, you did third in the overall, but you've been fourth, fifth, sixth, and fifth. Did you lose heart at all? Well, it sounds like from what you're saying, you did lose heart. And what, what, what effect did that have? Did it free you up or did it?
5: Mm,
4: definitely because before the season, I always write down a plan, like what my expectations are. And first race should be top five, which I was. And the next one should be top three. And I was like, even out of the top five. And it was just not going going my plan. And I never really had that happening. Like, okay, last season was kind of the same. I struggled, but it was my first proper elite season because the first year I was injured. So it was like a learning process. So I thought second year, easy. Now I know how to do it. No, I don't know how to do it. And um, yeah, I was just so over it. I don't know if 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 you would talk to my parents or or to cecilia would they would i don't know I was just so down, like I was so tired of it of of wanting to do well and wanting to show every. I think the biggest problem for me was that I wanted to show everyone that I earned this spot in the World Cup, like I earned my rap helmet I earned to be here that I didn't really care about what I really want to do. And I just want to ride my bike fast. And I guess in Andorra, that's just what I did because I had no expectations and I was so tired of what other people could think that suddenly I was just, you know, riding free.
0: Nice. So as you just said, Andorra, everything did change for you. Um, Just to recap that fourth in qualifying, and then you went seven seconds faster in your race run, getting your first win of the season. how how did that feel when you crossed the line and you got that win?
4: I was, I didn't really, when I crossed the line, I was just so stoked to not crash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was the first <laughs> run after four runs without crashing, which was, which felt amazing, but I didn't really thought about like the result. And then, yeah, obviously Miriam crashed out. She, she was faster at the last split before she crashed. But yeah, that's, that's how it is. That's how racing goes. And I was, I was stoked to, to win because it felt so great. And the cooler part actually before was that our junior Tegan got third. So he got the first time on a podium and just the, yeah, how happy he was, like really influenced me and I really wanted to have the same and feel the same happiness like he did. And I think just the good momentum that I brought up to the start gate, like helped me to ride smooth and fast, I guess.
0: Nice. Did you like the new track in Um,
4: Actually not really it's like scary because you need to go so fast and it's so loose and there's nothing really technical it's like i prefer the old one way more but yeah. uh we will see what they do for world champs there but i don't know i would prefer a bit more tech to be honest
5: yeah okay
0: so snowshoe i think you described your performance as slow as fuck is that correct <laughs>
4: Oh, man, it was so wild. But I didn't crash, so that was actually
5: sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you were 11 back on camion and seeding and 16 back in your race <laughs> run. But, yeah. I mean, they they were insanely difficult conditions. Greg, last week, said it's the greasiest conditions he's ever known. Did, did you find it really difficult? I mean, we all did, I think, right?
4: Yeah, it was insane. Like, I had no, no practice run where I, like, finished without, like, going offline or crashing. I got... It was insane. And also, like, I I just can't ride ruts. Like, I don't know how it works. And I don't know. Like, I also feel like every time I'm, like, overwhelmed with a racetrack, I totally forget about working on my suspension. Okay. And that's also something I need to think about next year. Like, even if I struggle on track, still try to dial the bike because we didn't touch the bike once. And maybe it could have helped me to ride better in the greasy conditions. But, yeah, also something I, I had to learn and, like, I mean everybody knows Kami is a queen in the mud, so it's it's impressive, and I hope I can improve a little bit more on that as well.
0: Yeah, okay. So then we moved on to Mont Saint Anne, and obviously Kami had broken her collarbone. Miriam crashed in qualifying, and you won that. by nearly 14 seconds. that must have given you a nice confidence boost after the week before.
4: Oh, I was sick. Like I just love the trekking mountain. Man. It's so cool. When we had track walk, I was a bit scared when they added the extra section because I thought, "Oh my god, the race run is going to be six minutes long." <laughs> <laughs> and then, actually, my first time run was like five minutes forty or something. I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so hard." But then, yeah, yeah, I nearly went a minute faster <laughs> in my race run, which is which is kind of cool to see, and uh, also for I think for. Uh, a young athlete it's pretty cool to win uh, a racetrack like Andorra for example but also to be good in, in mountain air because it's so physical it's so long and people normally think uh, they don't have the experience or blah 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 or the fitness and for me it was just so cool like I really enjoyed the racetrack
2: nice just to let you know um I have quite a lot of tracks that are six minutes long yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fort well, Williams, mm-hmm. nearly seven now, the I'm getting worse. The first time
5: in
4: Montana was probably like 6.32 or something, <laughs> is it? Oh, my man. first year, I <laughs> the time, couldn't hold but on. Honestly, uh, honestly, I think about those, the girls or whoever like is racing, because it's like so hard, so physically oh, yeah. to hold on your handlebar for like six minutes, it's insane. I think they deserve also a price for surviving.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I had I hadn't raced since the last season, and my first race this year was the national at Fort William, and I hadn't had any bike time or anything. It was just it was just horrendous. It was just I'd done no gym, no nothing since for all the off season, no exercise whatsoever, and then just turned up at Fort William with a bike, and (laughs) you've. It was just stupid. I don't know why I did it. Because I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> it was like an achievement to how cross you, the line.
4: How do you hold on? Like you're not struggling with like arm pump. Because like every time I come to Fort William, like I can barely hold on my handlebars.
2: So he goes d- very, well, very slowly and he put <laughs> down with both feet. It's not quite that bad, but it was. <laughs> and in my seeding run, I was like, I could I honestly don't know if I can do a full run without stopping. And then I went that slowly that as I came through, um, you know, that bit where the wall ride is near the bottom, yeah, yeah. I actually thought to myself, I'm not even out of breath here. This is great. <laughs> 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 and I crossed the line and it was just the time was awful. It was like seven minutes or something. It's terrible. But yeah. Well, you did it though. Yeah. Okay. So dipping back to now, Um you were
0: obviously then last woman down with after the great quality, uh taking your second win and it did look very composed. Miriam had gone early. Did you know she'd flattered before you dropped in or <laughs> not told you?
4: Yeah, so when I rolled to the start gate, Matt looked at his phone and looked to me and looked at his phone and I was like, oh my God, there's <laughs> some information. And then Matt was like looking, uh, like looking at his phone, looking to me. He's like, do you want to have some information? He's like, Well, of course, I want to have some information if you're looking on your phone all the time. So he told me that uh, Miriam had a flat tire and I just ride like I did last, like, yes, the day before. And I didn't know that Nina was going so fast. (laughs) 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 I was like riding like super smooth. I had so much fun. But then I was like thinking, oh, maybe I go too slow. Maybe I need to go faster. Maybe I need to go so I was like thinking so much in my race run. And then when I crossed the line, it was only three seconds. Yeah. So it's always like, you never know if you could have pushed hard or not. Like, honestly, like you always try to give your best, but it's not helping to, to kind of know that if you're right well, you can actually win, but you're not allowed to go too slow because everybody else is pushing so hard as well. So I yeah, mean. I was stoked because it was also the first time I was like doing well in quality and not fucking up my race run. So mm. it's great.
0: Nice.
8: Yeah, Cami always said that it's the best feeling when you qualify first and then you win the race as well. Because then when you cross the line, you know, you've won. Uh, so it must yeah. be pretty special. Yeah, so you came into Worlds Week with uh, also a very bling bike. You always have kind of sick bikes, but this one is uh, pretty sick. Um, does that help you like, to get in a rat Hespers to have like a sick bike and a
4: sick kit for Worlds? Mm, I actually don't really like having a new bike because. It's all new and it's like, I don't know. I, I'm always scared about sc- scratching stuff. And also like, I don't want to have all the attention. Like I don't really like, you know, like having those articles about my bike and blah, blah, blah. Cause then for me, I still feel like, a, yeah, it just puts a bit more pressure on me and people have expectations. So I kind of prefer to not have that, but I guess now it doesn't really help. Like you can't avoid it and it's sick though. Like, all my sponsors put so much work in it to make me look cool every single race and really appreciate it.
8: Well, I mean, you're not the only one to have a brand new uh sick bike. So I think it's only right that you get one. Everyone gets one almost. So um even I used to get one and
4: I was like, popcorn, so like <laughs> you know, you
8: deserve one, Valley. <laughs> no, Don't worry. But like
4: for example, we got like so many bikes this year, like nearly every every third race we got a new. Yeah, this I
8: understand though. Frame. I can
4: understand your point. Like, it's sick, but you don't like when you have like a slow start to the season. You're like, oh, I, I don't want to have all the new stuff. Like, mm. give me some when I'm doing well. So yeah, it's it's alright. Yeah, I understand what you mean. So at odds, you see the seated fourth.
8: Um, Miriam had a great run. You're like eight seconds back on her. Um, so we talked about you racing on your uh, in front of your home crowd in in Leogang, but there it was different like. How was it for you to race
4: in front of a crowd that was like cheering your main competitor? Mm, for me, it was fine. Like it felt like so much better than like racing in yeah. the oval. Obviously, you don't have so much media attention. You still have to do a lot of stuff, but it's not as bad as as it was for Miriam. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of pressure on her, and I felt like I was a bit the underdog. Also, qualifying didn't really go my way, but also it's World champs, so it's it's always like. You don't really care, but you do care if you're so far behind. Because I thought I had a good run, but then I saw the time. I was like, nope, it was not a good run. So I had a lot of work to do on this racetrack. And yeah, I had bad mem- memories from last year because yeah, I crashed in the last corner and had a concussion and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just really tried to to work on the track and spend time on it. And yeah, that's what I did on the extra day of practice.
5: So
8: Yeah, I was... Literally with Cecile all the time when I was like walking the track and filming, she was always there. And yeah, so obviously I see you ride and you look good all all around and literally found 10 seconds from qualifying to your race. So like, that's a pretty crazy um, improvement. And you are also fastest on the first three sectors. So that's not unusual for you to be fastest at the at top of a track. Um, was the plan to like, go full gas and try to hold on to the end? Or what was your strategy going, to, going into the run?
4: Oh, there was no plan at all. <laughs> 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 like is so any- funny. I always used to have a plan. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, people just go, oh, I'm just going to raise my run. <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> you lost only 20, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, every time I had a plan, I fucked it up anyway. So I was like, it's just worse, well, like, you know... There's another chance next year, whatever. I don't really care, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Then uh, I went to this target and it was kind of chilled. And then I was hoping for a medal, but in my head, it was more like a third place medal kind of style. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the gate 10 seconds before Matt, normally Matt says nothing and he was like, get them. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly my, my brain switched and I was like so into like fuck yeah, let's go. I don't care if I crash, like, woo. <laughs> and then I was going so fast. There's like one section where you have like a compression and you go steep down and like you hit the berm and like I felt so sick yeah. in that one. Oh, it was so cool. And I was actually like four seconds up and then I lost like nearly all the four seconds of the last flick because I like, I hated those bike park, it was like a steep bit with like yeah. bike park turns. I lost like quite a lot there. And then like, I always did the jumps fine in practice, like always perfect. In my race one, like I cased them all. So it was a bit well,
2: You, went you were the, still the best
8: looking on those ones, to be honest, from everybody else. Like, yeah, but I cased up. it,
4: like I even ripped my pants. So <laughs>
8: <laughs> it was Yeah. But you still like by miles, like the best looking girls on the bottom jumps for sure.
4: Oh thank you. So yeah, yeah cross the finish, didn't crash in the last turn. Great. And that was still Kami, yeah, Kami was still on top, I guess. Yeah,
5: and, uh, yeah.
4: yeah. Just closed my eyes and waited until Kami finished, and suddenly I was world champion. Yeah. So tell us a bit what what
8: what does it mean to you to be to win worlds in the elite field? Because obviously you won worlds before, but that must have been pretty special.
4: No, it's it's sick because it was like so unexpected. Like I said, I it was not on my agenda because. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it's gonna happen when I'm like I don't know maybe 24 25 like when I'm a bit more mature and I have I don't know I didn't expect it coming with with 20 so it's I'm stoked like I'm not gonna give it away <laughs> I'm happy I'm, I'm keeping it and uh, I don't know stripes stay forever and yeah I also feel like it's insane how much attention you get from people for winning just one race and your world champion and when I won the overall last year, obviously, there was a bit of luck involved, but there's way less attention on winning the overall, even though for an athlete, it's so much better. And like, if you do win the overall, you're the best rider in the world. And if you win world champ, you just perform really well on that one day. So it's kind of a hard mission, but uh, the media loves world champs. So whatever. It's sick. Like, I like it.
8: No, it's true, I noticed that with Cami as well, like in Switzerland, everyone talked about her when she won Worlds, and this year, after the overall, it was way less um, yeah. press in media. So yeah, you're totally right on that. So after World Champs, there was still a race, that's also a little bit unexpected, to have a World Cup final, Finals after the World Champs. Um, you were second in your overall, um, your first race in the Stripes, that must have been pretty cool. Um, so you were in the Stargate, and I don't know if you knew. I guess maybe you knew that if you, when you would take the overall, but if you get seconds, you won't. And I guess it was so pretty drained after Worlds Week. So tell us a bit about this experience, that moment.
4: Well, maybe I'll tell you first a little story that I think I'm the only world champion who didn't party at the World (laughs) Champs party because I was puking the whole night. You were
8: sick, no? Or something.
4: So, like two hours after the World Champs podium, I just started puking and spent the whole night on the toilet and died there -hmm. was like a a weird virus going on in Lishi, and a few Mm -hmm. teams had it before or during the week and my whole team had it during the week and i was so scared to get it just on race day and like i just got it like two hours after the podium i was like i was like already changed to go to the party i even went to the party and then i had to rush back because i was so sick oh i remember that and I'm like, sorry, I have to go puke. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't celebrate my World party, which was really, really sad. And, yeah, I was just so tired coming into Valle Like, there was so much going on, like, so much media attention. I had to do so many interviews on the way to Valle And I had no time to kind of process what just happened because, mm. yeah, we packed together the next day. I was, like, so... Still super tired. In fact, the day after, and and we had to go to Valle Sole, and I had to do so many phone calls and interviews, and it's sick because I really enjoy this kind of stuff. But uh, also, to be honest, like I didn't care about the last walk. Obviously, yes, you want to do well. I knew there was a chance, but I had my stripes. Like that was so so cool, and I always said it anyway. Like Kami deserved overall. Hundred percent, even before she crashed, because she was she's riding so so well. And yeah, I don't know. Valisole was the gnarliest track I've ever seen and I ever had to ride. Like it was so so rough. Like I've never, I've not been scared, but it was not fun to ride at all. Like it was so fucked. And I don't know. I cruised down in Qualis, and then I think Pom Pom had a flat tire. Nina as well, and Kami didn't even start, or she just like yeah, she just went through the gate. And then like I had to start last and it was sick. Like I could wear my, my rainbow stripes and stuff. And, but I was so tired. Like I think the virus and just mentally, I was so drained that I was just losing time at the end of the track and I just didn't want to get hurt and came into, what was my result at the end? I don't even know. Bird, I think. Ah, yeah. So yeah. I got hurt. I was hurt in the overall and I was just happy to be alive and, and that the season was over and then, we had a sick party and the day after I was sick for two months now. So great right into
8: right <laughs> <of> the season. <laughs> so um I think you said uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but um Valdisol is one of your least favorite tracks. Is that right? I'm
6: Did
2: I said- yeah, yeah, I think when we I asked... don't know. Yeah, I'm here had it a was a feeling
8: you didn't really enjoy it as much as the others, but
2: I think was it the only one in your junior ones where you didn't win or something like that?
4: <laughs> that's why I don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said, but I wanted the first season, first year, but no, I actually really like it because I prefer more technical tracks mm-hmm. because I feel like I can do better on them than on like fast forward ones. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I crashed in World Champs hard and I struggled at the same section a bit. And I don't know. I think you really need to find the groove and turn your brain off a little bit, which I still can't really do yet well i just need to be confident with riding faster on all your stuff i guess that's how i should do it
2: <laughs> so you've already kind of answered my next question and i'm quite surprised about it because my next question was going to be cammy's been super consistent this season until the crash she's racing Valdi solo with a double plated collarbone did any part of you think fuck cam deserves to win this and i was i was thinking she's gonna say no no, no. <laughs> I, I, I want it but you you were pretty you did think she should win it the overall
4: i even said it like before like before right. she crashed because like just the consistency is insane and to be honest i'm a bit jealous with their consistency because i just can't do it i, I just keep <laughs> crashing all the time and it's so cool because also i think mentally she's like so confident and i am definitely not and i guess that just comes with with experience and routine and just like to find your mojo i guess if you You're happy. You're riding really well, and that's something I I really admire. Yeah, because also with with it's interesting to see with uh, Pom Pom like she's also quite often on the edge. Like she's also crashing quite a lot, even though she's the same age as Kami, and Kami just keeps riding her thing, and it it's always good and perfect, and it's cool. Like if you can find that the perfect how do you say like Mm -hmm. your perfect way to ride, it's it's amazing and yeah, I, I didn't find it yet. Maybe I've, I found it a few times this season, but yeah, consistency would be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we've talked about it a lot already, but yourself, Cam and Miriam, you've been in a little group of your own this year and you all certainly got something out of the season. Uh, Cam won the overall, you are world champion. And as you said, you got your stripes and Miriam won the final round in Val d'Isol to finish the season on a high for her to put the win alongside her Lenzerhide win. Um, looking ahead to next year, do you think it will be the three of you at the top again? Or do you see... Oh well, be- we
4: should not okay. forget about Nina. Nina was like second the last few races, you know? And Nina is go. so strong and she's still like really improving her riding skills because um, Nina is going to be a dangerous one. Uh, it's going to be going to be tough even if Maureen and Tania are coming back. Like, it's a pretty packed top five already and uh, then we have the juniors coming up uh, Phoebe and Gracie and uh, Jenna and uh, Jankova so um, it's going to be hard for some of the older elite riders to actually stay stay in and qualify. <laughs> That's yeah. why I retired <laughs> 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 at the right time <laughs> and also like I can't wait to see some uh, style in the race runs because like, the new nice. generation they have some good style like it's going to be sick to watch
0: do you feel like um Nina and Marine are kind of a little bit like yourself in that the pace is there and it's just waiting for that consistency and finding the rhythm and then all of a sudden they'll they'll start getting success as well,
5: well
4: just- i feel like Nina is consistent she only crashed the first two races and then she was there all the time like it's it's uh, yeah scary <laughs> they're also good but they all they all have that confidence. Like it's so cool to see, and and also what I really like about like Nina that she's so happy for other people to do well as well. Like mm-hmm. when when I won Anne or world champs, like she was so happy for me, and I was like, oh my god, like it's so cool that so happy for me because obviously I still struggle with that. But I guess it's just the way I am. It's my personality, and I I'm happy for everyone doing well. But first, I need to like finish. Process what I just did and then I can be happy for someone else. Yeah. And Nina is just like a super happy, happy human being. And uh with Marine, like I didn't really see her much racing since I'm in Elite. What about yeah. last season? Mm. Last season she was also injured. So yeah. She was consistent when Rachel was there, right? Like she was up there.
5: Yep. She she, the yeah, she was
4: overall. Yeah,
0: it was starting to build for sure.
4: Yeah. So she just a
8: rider that crushes a lot, so whether she's getting injured or not, like change, she just crashed. and didn't get injured, and after she crashed and get injured all the time. So,
5: yeah,
8: we'll see how long she takes to uh, mentally get strong. After yeah, that.
4: and then maybe Rachel coming back for some races. That would be sick. Wow, imagine it's gonna be super sick.
2: Yeah, wow. It's um, it's so surprised me. But you're still only twenty years old. If you look at the last two seasons, what you've been through and what you've achieved. All the people, well, well, not all of them. Yeah. All, all the people you've mentioned that you're racing now, probably you would put them as part of kind of Rachel's generation, you know, Tony, Marine, maybe not Nina, but Miriam. Um, and Cammy's the same age as, as Miriam. Um, tell us a bit about the talent coming through. Cause people, when Rachel was racing and at a peak, people said, um, we're never going to see this level of domination again. And, I think we are. I think you're gonna dominate like Rachel did. But tell us, I don't think you quite think like that, dear. So tell us about what you think about the the, the people coming through.
4: <clears throat> I mean, I think you you asked me the same questions like two years ago, and I think I said the same. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did I? Sorry, I
5: have uh, no, to that.
4: No, Like I, I don't know. For me, it feels like I don't. I never really thought about it because I'm still struggling so much with with myself and like. Having like a proper race weekend that I never thought about like maybe doing like a perfect season like she did, I think it's so hard at the moment because even I think if Rachel had not a great race run, she still won, where like nowadays it's like impossible. If you don't get your hundred percent or like your race run, you're not gonna win, I think mm. maybe someone else is crashing out and then then you're lucky to win but maybe you're then second because someone else is going to be better. And just, I think the field is so much more stacked and the level is so much higher that it's going to be really, really hard, like for sure.
0: So something I want to ask you, Valley. We've we're hearing a lot that you're having to work quite hard on your own mental feelings at the races and feeling like you've got um, what it takes to do what you want to do. And you've said that, other athletes have this confidence that you don't feel like you have. Do you feel it makes it harder for you to have that with all the pressure that's put on you externally? Because ever since you were a junior, people have talked about how successful you're going to be. And as with George's question, he's just asked suggesting that you'll be super consistent and and whatever the next big athlete. Do you feel like it makes it harder for you to just get your head down and do your thing with all this external buzz?
4: Yeah, for sure. First, like I thought, I don't really feel it, but now I definitely do because I know how people are 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 talking or writing stuff on the internet, and it's like
5: yeah.
4: But now, like I already have all the titles you can have, so it's like I tick them all off. Like, are you happy now?
5: Like,
2: you know, that's why I think I probably didn't think it until this. You won worlds this season, and the reason I think it is because. Like worlds is such a confidence thing. It, you look at who wins in the men's, for example, Loic and Greg. I'm sure it's to do with once you've won it, it relieves the pressure. You can sit in the start gate and you don't have that, that pressure on you. And you've, in your first two seasons, you've won the two big prizes for other races to get even get there. The juniors to get there, they're not going to do it in the first two seasons. They're not going to do it. They're not setting yeah. times like Jackson and Jordan are in the men's that, that would podium in, in the women's, the ones that are coming through. I'm not saying they're not going to be competitive, but they're not doing what you did. Yeah. And and that's why I think I, you can see it. It's almost like they've got – you're just going to get – you're not, when you get to your peak, you're just going to get strong. You might have two or three world titles or overalls by the time you get there, and you're going to get that confidence that Rachel had of going out and, like, it doesn't matter whether I – almost win or not because i've got these other wins behind me and that's why i think you'll you'll dominate i mean you're only 20 it's you are living it every day but when you kind of step out of it you can see it building up and you've done so much it's 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 really exciting but you're excited about the future
4: oh sure yeah i feel like I've, I had to talk with Sven, with our photographer, and it was really cool because it's like, see, Valley, now you ticked off all the, the titles you can get. Now you can just ride like you can. Like, yeah. you don't have to think about winning those things. Now it's yeah. just like, uh, fucking ride. And uh, I just, yeah, I had no energy in Valdezola to do this. But uh, I think the next few years is going to be exciting. I'm just going to improve more as an athlete. Like, I'm going to get stronger and fitter. And yeah. I... Yeah, just I feel like I found found my mojo at the end of the season, and I hope this just continues going on. And like, I can't wait; it's going to be sick.
0: Yeah, the other nice thing for you is you can look back at the last two years, knowing that you've achieved the World Cup overall and the World Championships, having not ridden and raced how you want to both seasons, and you've still managed to do it. So you can now do exactly what you've just said. You can go on and have the career you want to have, or in the way you want to. Knowing that you've already ticked those things off, and you can just enjoy it. Pressure can almost like filter away now.
5: Yeah,
4: I hope so.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the way to look at it because you've already done it. How, how long have you got run left to run with Trek?
4: Uh, we have one more season with Trek.
2: Yeah. If I was a brand manager, I'd be. I, I, you would be the number one person to try and sign.
5: <laughs> yeah. So
8: thoughts about the. Um, your thoughts about the future, Valley, with um ESO Discovery and everything. Um yeah, what do you think of the whole situation? What's your vision for the for next year and the years to come? Well, obviously,
4: um I'm a bit brainwashed by REPL. So everything <laughs> I do is amazing. And I really loved it because I mean that's how I grew up also. Like the first time I watched Downhill Racing was on Raple TV, so that's the only thing I know. So obviously I am a bit scared because yeah. I don't know if it's going to work or not, or if my grandparents can still watch it or if they need to find a different way to watch it. And also commentary. I mean, they lost Rob Warner. So that's going to be really painful for the, the age community because he was just the voice of the age. It's yeah, it is what it is. Like everybody knows that. And also like a lot of my friends, Austrians and Germans, they always watch it in English because it's just way more exciting than like listening to a German, uh commentary so yeah i don't i don't really know like i really like to see that there's a bigger brand stepping into and you know it's going to be maybe more interesting for other sponsors outside of the industry like the right maybe we can get like you know a better salary like make it more exciting bring it closer to to the normal people and uh I also heard a few rumors that you know maybe there's a bit more money in the in the sport that we're also gonna race in Australia again, like Asia or like South America. Like make it a proper World Cup and not just the European Cup, that would be sick. Like will
8: see, I mean I haven't heard much more, but I think for next year, basically a lot of things are gonna stay similar. But um in the midterm, I'm excited to see if there are gonna be some big changes about um venues and stuff because Obviously, that's one of the se- reasons I stopped racing, because the venues were always the same yeah. for 10 years, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll see. It's going to be exciting. Um, tell us a bit about um, your downhill performance camp that you were running this season. I've seen some stories and stuff and content about that. Um, you guys had a great time and I know there's going to be some sick riders from, from Austria in
4: the next few years. No, I was sick. Like my plan was always to do like a, like a camp thing or like do something for, for the Austrian future, because there's just nothing happening with our national team. And like, I got, yeah, I got really pissed about it because like, why is it so hard to, to organize something? It's not hard to like, you know, send out an email and invite them for a weekend. So Mm -hmm. that's what I did. Like I sent out uh, on Instagram, like girls could apply and I chose, uh, five girls and invited them to our Charlie and ride with me for three days. It was, it was just like one day after I arrived off the mountain man. So I was a bit tired and jet lag, but it was, it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was sick. Cause like just the speed those girls already have in the bike park, like they stick be- behind my back wheel in the bike park. Like it's insane. And it's so cool that they already have that confidence with jumps. And I think it's really hard for. For, uh, for older athletes let's say to like learn to get faster where they already know how to how to ride fast they just need to learn to write technical stuff and uh, yeah i don't know like the style they all have like no one can do can jump straight anymore like they're all whipping or <laughs> the suicide or like scrap and it's so sick it's so cool like i love it and i'm gonna do one next year as well this year was only for German-speaking girls, and uh, next year I want to do it a bit more international. Just need to find a good date. So Nice. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Um, so it, it's been two
8: seasons, last year and the year before, where you started a bit slower, slowly, and then you finished the season on a high note and with a bang.
4: So have you made a plan for 2023 yet? No plans for next year. Uh, I don't know I'm like focusing now on my EWS in March because I don't want (laughs) to die yeah the better you are the better you're going to (laughs) be Yeah, and then uh, I don't know it's still so far to go until June of course um, yeah I think I don't know like everything is fine if I'm not getting injured or don't you know if I get healthy finally and can start training properly like I have a good good training team around me with cecile and it's it's amazing i get really well like with matt i have a really good relationship now and we work a lot on, on the bike and you know it's just getting more professional and i can give more feedback and it's sick like i love my my job in my life so it's it's fine
2: excellent well look thanks for making the time to come on the pod uh very much appreciated enjoy the off season i, I hope you can get well and uh best of luck for next season thank you Excellent. We'll be back with Tebo Prella after these messages.
1: Time to make your bike ride like the pros. World cup level suspension tuning and servicing from the expert team at J-Tech Suspension. Built off years of knowledge and experience the team at j tech Suspension will service and tune your suspension to make sure it's in tune with your riding style and terrain to shave those vital seconds off your next race run. Visit j-techsuspension.co.uk today and see how their expert team can transform your suspension performance.
2: Single Track is the world's finest independent mountain bike magazine, and they have a fantastic offer for podcast listeners right now. If you enter the code MAKINGUP at a checkout, you'll get 50% off Print Plus and digital subscriptions for the first year. Print Plus includes six issues of the magazine each one containing plenty of ride inspiration, opinion, adventure, and reviews, plus full digital access to their site for under £20. With the discount code, digital access to their site starts at just £10 a year. That code, once again, is making up. that's M-A-K-I-N-G-U-P, all one word, no spaces, for 50% off print plus and digital subscriptions at Singletrack.
1: If you're enjoying the Making Up the Numbers podcast, hit subscribe now so you don't miss an episode, and drop us a review whenever it's convenient. For additional content, follow us on Instagram at Making Up the Numbers
2: Racing. I'm delighted to welcome back to the pod one of my f- most favourite riders to watch, Tibo Deprella. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, good, thank
2: you. How are you? Oh, yeah, all good, thank you. Whereabouts in the world are you right now?
3: Uh, just at home, for the moment. Travelling for the past months, but yeah, I'm at home for a few days.
2: Cool. So we, we, we last caught up around this time last year. You were coming into the off-season with, with the ankle and thumb injuries. Did they keep you off your feet for long?
3: Uh, yeah, last year I was uh, hard to be injured for the off-season because it, it's good uh, in the off-season to, to enjoy and do a few different things. Uh, but uh, this year, again, I just have a little surgery, but just take uh, two weeks and now i'm back on the bike so it's way quicker than last year yeah yeah so yeah you know, it's perfect i can enjoy it now
2: i think it was i think it was christmas before you were back on the bike last year is, is that right
3: Ah, uh, yeah 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 it was really
2: late <laughs> <laughs> so a, a bit of time has passed now when you look back at the 2021 season how, how do you feel about it uh
3: it was really good compared to this year Uh, but uh, no I don't know a lot of uh, emotions and a lot of things you know Uh, it was an amazing season and uh, it will be in my mind for a long time for sure because uh, it's a lot of podiums and good races so it's good
2: memories and Yeah. um, yeah nothing crazy you ended up second in the overall you look back on that now as like a, a, a massive achievement, or are you still a little bit disappointed that you didn't manage to get first?
3: No, it's been over a year now, and didn't think about it anymore. I'm just more in the future right now. You know,
5: yeah,
3: uh, we did uh, already one season after this uh, 2021 and 2022. I did not nothing crazy this season, just n- nothing pretty good. So now I'm really in the future and trying to work and and get better. Cool.
8: Coming into uh, 2022, um, after everything we talked about right now, um, did you have a plan for the 2022 season other than just go full gas like you always do?
3: No, I didn't have any plan, just uh, try to be as good as the 2021 or just maybe be a bit better at some point. But at the end, I was... At the beginning of the season, I was not really prepared because uh, mm-hmm. I've been late on the bike and less prepared because of these little injuries, but they were quite long for the little it was. <laughs> but, uh, then uh, I just tried to ride uh, the best I can, but maybe not as much risk as I took maybe the year before, but it, it has not worked because uh, I did some less good results. Justin Foroiam was really good. And then... I did mistake. I crashed, and uh, I was slow sometimes. uh, Just riding too safe, and a lot of mistakes. But I learned a lot again this year. Maybe more than last year, even.
8: Yeah. So talking about the races one after another, like the the season first started in Taruca, I think in Portugal. Um, You had a flat tire in your in your race run, Um, but Amori, Miriam, and Hugo were all like really on pace and won there. So I guess like. This was also a good start for, for the team, for the Markov team. I had a good, good atmosphere um, coming into the first World Cup.
3: Yeah, for sure. This race was really good. Uh, in the quality, I was really fast, but I crashed the last corner. But at mm-hmm. the end, my time was uh, really quick. And then uh, was, uh, for the final, I had a good run, but I, uh, I had to stop and do a rerun.
5: Because yeah. yeah.
3: uh, cra- the guy crashed really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, then this run, uh, maybe we didn't have to check the bike and stuff. And I had a flat tire. So it was uh, a bit chilly, but it's like that, you know. And then uh, coming to um, Lourdes, I was uh, really excited. I feel ready. But uh, just one week before Lourdes, I had COVID. Oh, yeah. uh, so just arrived in Lourdes, I was uh, COVID free. But uh, <laughs> I was really like uh, <laughs> sick. Uh, you know, the the heart was like, uh, was, like yeah, yeah. being so bad. Yeah. But I was feeling good on the bike, and uh, yeah, maybe a bit too much, and I crashed <laughs> Really bad. But no injury. I was lucky. Just uh, one week uh, without uh, working really good, but the rest was good. But it was a big bummer because uh, start the season like that was uh, with two crashes and two bad races. Yeah. Was not really, not really good after what I had uh, the last few races the year before.
8: Yeah. So you're fourth in quality. and like I said, you we all can remember your crash in, in that tree, and I guess um, George's, George's wrote in the script like, how's the tree doing because you hit it so hard. <laughs> it looks it looked like a pretty savage hit. Um, yeah. you a solid rider so I guess you weren't really phased about that.
3: Yeah, it was fast fast crash.
8: Yeah. Um, Amuri took the win. Um, how, like, I, I know we talk about a lot with Amuri about this, like, when he was on the podcast like, you guys have a a good chemistry, they can push each other, but I guess sometimes you still want to be in front. Like he was saying, oh, I still want to be in front of Tibo, you know. So, was it the same for you? Like, were you a bit disappointed when he took the win?
3: No, absolutely not, because uh, you know, uh, the year before, it was not really highly level, and uh, compared to what he did the year before. And uh, I was tough for him because he won and it's been quite a while that he didn't want to race. So, no, absolutely not. I was really happy, and uh, yeah, no, no, for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Sixth at the Fort William National, just you and your your mechanic working out of the back of a van, which was pretty low-key. I was quite surprised to see that, but it it seemed to work. And then onto the World Cup. Coming into that race, Amory was on the full 29. Did you think about going that way? No, absolutely not. I hate having something in my back, so I don't want (laughs) to hurt my (laughs) back.
3: No, no, it's too, too big, this wheel in the back for me. I'm too
2: small p2 you were just four tenths back on amory and it all came down to the sprint and we asked him about it and he said he'd he be pretty pissed if, if you beat him in a sprint because he's he's five years older and you're you're only just at the start of your elite career is sprinting something you're working on this offseason
3: uh i work it uh, every year but for sure i'm getting older and i try to be stronger and uh yeah, you need to be prepared for four William I mean, next year it's a world championship. So yeah, I hope I will be stronger than him next year on this pillar section.
2: <laughs> <laughs> are you are you a fan of four, William? Uh, absolutely not.
3: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not a fan. I really like this track because it's uh, really tough, long and strange, but I've never been really, really good uh, on this track. So that's why my goal was to be the best trip I can for this race. And I was really stoked about this place because second in front of William, uh, it's amazing. And when you, even if I was just really close to the win, uh, Maria has been good for years on this track. So second place was like a win for me in for William on this track.
2: Do you know what I love about doing this podcast is that everyone always told me, oh, Fort William is so good, Fort William's so good. And I went and rode it, and I was like, I can't believe people really enjoy this track. Well, like, well, don't you do that, no.
8: You're all liars. I you... know. <laughs> 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 <Hello, laughs> <Jordan> been... <laughs> the I was like, I wouldn't recommend it to any of my friends.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's no fun. No, no. It's long. It's, uh, you can broke wheels everywhere. Uh, it's physical. Yep. There's
2: wind. Like It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a good view of the start. <laughs> That's a good point. So yeah. when Amory took the win there, I don't think I've seen anyone ever more delighted that their teammate has has won. And it's not just happened at that race; it happened a few times this season. Tell us a bit about not necessarily your relationship with Amory, but what it's like being on on the team with someone when they are clearly the fastest rider on the circuit that this season. Do you does it? Add to the pressure, or does it take a bit of pressure away from you, or, or does it not really affect you?
3: No, there is no no more pressure. It can be just an help because you know, uh, As is fast every race. You know, if you just follow him, and you know you are as fast as him, you know you can win the race. So it's pretty helpful, I would say.
2: Yep, and you, you follow each other in practice quite a lot, and you share lines. Mm,
3: we share lines, but uh, we don't really like to follow each other. Or we don't like to follow anyone i, I guess um, so we try to discuss and exchange about lines uh, and stuff but not really follow each other and uh yeah it's not i don't like that it's not really helpful you can see where you're going
2: <laughs> <laughs> and tell me a bit about the telemetry you've had on the bike this season because you see you guys seem to run it a lot
3: uh yeah mm, last yeah, I think we were in more than the past few years, maybe because uh, maybe this year we know more how to use it and uh, maybe help us to to focus more on the lines and on us than on the bike. So yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's just uh, Archie the engineer. He just take about
2: take care about this. He just takes the data. Do, do, yes. do, does is your bike set up very differently between tracks or is it pretty much the same?
3: No, 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 it's pretty much the same every uh, tracks. We just make a few changes to make it perfect, but uh, no, we didn't change uh,
2: that much. So, Leo Gang, P7 in Quali in some awful conditions. You were, then in your race run, you were full attack, chin on the bars near the top, uh, getting wild. But you didn't seem to have any special lines up there this last and um, this year. Last year I remember you telling me you had special lines up there, and I think you were like three seconds quicker than anybody else at the, the first split. Tell us a bit about Lea Gang.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh nothing crazy as you say, no crazy lines, no crazy speed. Maybe a bit too confident on the track, you know. I knew I was fast on this track and uh so it's been quite not helpful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, really bad race uh, compared to how I like this track. Uh, was really slow. Yeah. Uh, even quality P7 was not crazy. Uh, and then I crashed uh, in the steep section, but I didn't see me crashing, you know. I crashed, but uh, I didn't, there is nothing crazy on the floor and was just uh, maybe uh, I lost the focus on this part. So, yeah. Really shitty
5: race.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, until that that point, until Lil Gang, it looked like you were trying to like push really hard to win every race. So maybe it didn't feel like that to you, but for us watching, it looked like you were like going really f- full on. And um, after that race, um, maybe there was a bit of change of strategy um, and maybe you stopped risking that much, but I kind of have the feeling that you're going to, have a different opinion about this. Uh, is it true that you maybe thought, oh, I crashed in this race and this race, maybe I should like...
3: No, yeah, no, no. You're absolutely right. After this race, uh, it, it start to be even bad. bad I don't know how worse, to say yeah. but worse. Yeah, Even worse. worse yeah. Even worse. And uh, I tried to stop taking risks and I start to be slow. And it's been... Uh, yeah,
5: ninth <laughs>
8: in quality in Enzaide, the tenth in the race, and in Andorra you had a yeah. arbitrary quality, then 15 in a race. Yeah.
5: Um.
8: So I guess it was not like you were thinking about the overall. It's more like you like maybe try to like find the right balance between attacking and it's. I know it's yeah. not it's not easy. Like, I, of course, I race myself. I know how it is. But like, how do you like? Did you find it in the end, or like? How How is it to deal with that kind of mental stuff?
3: No, I tried to find it for, but from Lenseride to uh, Mont-Satan. I tried to to find a good balance, but I uh, didn't achieve the goal. So even after Mont-Satan, uh, just before Leger, was was uh, still not me. You know, I was riding slow, uh, not really good on the bike, not feeling good. Uh, so and you can see on my results, uh, I did nothing crazy. Just uh, in snowshoe because it was wet, and you know when it's wet, there is no problem for me. But I crashed one more time because I was uh, trying to to push as uh, the first, like the first races, and try to win, not uh, think about the podium. And you know it's good sometimes just to have a podium. And I think my head was just to win because I could have win this race. But you know it's like that. But um, no, I was. Uh, the, the feeling and the speed and the good uh, balance between speed and risk and everything was back in Leje. I was really fast in Leje and really good on the bike. Uh, but even if I had a small crash in the in the quality, uh, I think it was really, really fast.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but then in final, once again, um, I was lost between risk and uh, don't want to crash. And I was <laughs> super, super slow. <laughs>
8: Well, I guess leisure is hard for for you guys as Frenchmen as well. We have a lot of expectation on yourself and especially in a situation where like not everything is going to plan this season. Um, Even if you have a good feeling, it's hard to like put it together for race run. Did you did you feel like that added pressure? Were your family there? Like was it a bit different than usual? Not really.
3: No, for me, it was the same as usual. I was just even more angry to to have a good race and just show to everybody that uh, I was kind of still there. But, uh, and I was, as I was really enjoying the track and I think I was really fast in in the practice. Yeah. Uh, some people were starting to tell me, oh yeah, really good, you're fast, uh, it's, you, mm-hmm. it's your time, uh, go, go, go. And I was like, at the start, uh, I was like uh, trying to, Yeah, and then it was like, I was on the track, not just in my head.
8: Yeah, but that's like something that I, when you told me this, it's like, it makes me think of Bernard. Bernard has been like this for years. He was just like, always so fast in time practice. And then it was getting like slightly a little bit faster, but everybody else was getting so much faster. And he was thinking he was up there, but then he was just like, not fast enough on race day. So (laughs) I could. I think it was like, it's a, it's a struggle for a lot of elite riders to just find your peaking pace on races. Yeah, you don't sure. want to take too many risks. Like you don't want to crash no. and injure yourself and go over. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's very tricky. And
3: It's even harder when you have been fast and you have been on the podium for yeah. a lot of races. Yes, for
8: you is different yeah. because you've been there, you won races,
7: so.
3: Yeah. And it was being quick, like it mm-hmm. happens really quickly like, for the first year, for my first eight year, so was just my third year in elite and it's the first year I really struggled on the World Cup, even since junior category. So you know it's not a, it's not a problem, you know, I'm still really young. It was just my third yeah.
5: year. Yeah, yeah. I prefer nice. to struggle
3: now than in fifth year, you know.
2: A hundred percent. the way that the points are stacked as well for in World Cup racing, it's it's almost better to get a podium and then not do too well for two races than it is to just be inside the top 20 for three races in a row, isn't it? It kind of really encourages you to, to try and get that podium.
5: Yeah,
3: I think so. Because like that, you don't have, you don't lose the confidence of crashing. When you crash, you know, you think a lot. You have a lot of creatures in your head. When you're up 10 or 15 and you just roll normally, you know you can do better. Yeah. When you crash, you cannot really know what you do because you didn't arrive to the finish
2: line. Yeah. So that I mean in at Worlds you got fourth place in quality with a crash. Yeah. Um you must have been stoked with that.
3: Yeah, I was super stoked. I was like uh, it was amazing.
2: Cause that, it's I, been
3: I, good to my to to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I, I I had somebody out there who I know and he he messaged me and he was like, um T looks like the fastest man on the track. And so when you when it came to race day, I was like Come on, Tuba. This is this is it. This is your time. But you, everybody else went quicker by quite a, a, a long way. Yeah. Have you? What have you learned from from that?
3: I learned a lot for sure. Yeah. But um, learned that yeah, for sure. World championships are it's a special race. You know, uh, you need to be specifically prepared to this race, and uh, yeah, you don't. You need to be 100% focused and be the fast and take the, all the risks you can take. Yeah. You know, uh, it's what Loic did and uh, he did it on this day and not uh, in practice or the other days because the other days you can see it on the track. He was not the fastest man, but on race day, he was the fastest and it's what you need to be. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's a good example. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, I think my rest run was slower than my quality run. <laughs> With a crash, you know, without yeah. crashing or slowing the race run and <laughs> in the quality. So,
2: just, yeah, I think you were on the same second. I don't know which, which way it was. But
5: yeah,
2: think... yeah, but it's, the same <laughs> way. it's crazy. So, Val Sol was going really well, seeded sixth, finished 11th. But I, I was looking at the splits and you lost two to three seconds to everyone in the final sector.
3: Yeah, I broke my well, that... rear wheel.
2: Ah right, okay. yeah,
3: yeah. Wait I would say uh, you have the tight corners and, and yeah. then
2: you Just before uh, I
3: the wheel there. That's why I lost the I lost the ten position because I was not going for a podium for sure. I was I think uh, if you keep a normal time without the rear wheel problem, I was like yes. seven or eight. And yeah. what cost me this place? And what cost me the top ten uh, overall? Yeah. Because of middleman, yeah. which is terrible just for, for that. But you know,
2: you were only three points behind Greg, I think, who got 10th <laughs> in the overall. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So it was a great season for the team, but it was a bit of a strange end to the season because Amory won the overall, but he didn't have the well, he didn't have a great race in Valley no. M- Miriam won in Valley and finished second in the overall. You ended up 11th, just three points behind Greg, as I just said, star Muckoff took the the team the overall team prize, but it wasn't that euphoric end that racers, I think everybody who races wants that euphoric finish to a season, don't they where they come down they win the, la- the the last person down the hill they win the race to take the overall to win everything. That's the ultimate kind of prize. Yeah, sure. Did it feel a bit strange to you as a as a racer at the yeah. end of the season, given the teams won?
3: Yeah, it was really strange for me because at uh, the end of the season, it's where I was the be- the better on the bike and I was feeling good. And for me, it was like, oh, I want more race, you know, I want more World Cups. Yeah. And uh, for sure, for the team, they were a bit um, disappointed. For, for, not for Miriam, for sure, because she won, but Amaric me was not really good. But at the end, even if I was 11, I marked some points for the team overall. And it's because of me a little bit yeah. that uh, we can won this overall. Um, so it was uh, really good, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it just made me yes, uh, more angry to to do better next year and to be stronger, you know.
2: Yeah, I team. mean, racing is so strange because, you, as you've said, just said you've had your hardest year ever in, yeah. in junior and elite. Charlie Hatton, who is 24 years old, an amazing rider, one of the best British riders, he's had the best season of his career. He's finished 12th in the overall behind you. And it's how people look at things is very different. You know, you're only yeah. 21 and you finished 11th. Um, I think at, at one point when me and Emmy were chatting on the pod, I described this as being like a, a difficult second album. You know, when a band has a, a really big hit single, a big hit album, and then they come back and they've got to try and replicate that success. Yeah. How, how do you feel about it now when you look back? Are you just hungry to go again?
3: Yeah, for sure. I'm just angry. and I, I already think a lot about what happens. So now I'm really into the future and I will be more prepared than ever for next year,
2: for sure. Are you working on anything specific? Are you back on the bike now?
3: Yeah, for the moment, I'm for sure, I'm not training uh, really hard. I'm just uh, uh, going for more, more, a mixed ride, uh, e-bike and cool races. You know, we have the time to be prepared. The next season is he, far away. But uh, I just try to to enjoy the time on the bike and uh, try to have some fun and um, slowly back into proper training
2: and uh, hard training. Yeah. When when do the team camp start?
3: I don't know yet. Um, Maybe, I think maybe before the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I think maybe one, and then uh, the same reason uh, as we did uh, the past few years. Uh, I don't know yet. I need to talk about that
2: with the, with the friends brother, with the boss. <laughs> yeah. And you've had a few weeks off since the end of the season. Tell us a bit about where you've been going. Yeah, um, more than a month.
3: After Valley Soleil, we had uh, friendships where I was really good, but I crashed once again. <laughs>
2: but... <laughs> Does it feel a bit like every time you've gone really fast this season, you've crashed? Yeah, for sure. For sure.
3: I was
5: really
2: fast, but I crashed. But that, that's it. <laughs> uh, then uh, I
3: just uh, enjoyed for one week. I uh, ride a lot of moto and karting. And yeah. then I had surgery uh, to remove the plate I had in the in my right feet. Um, so this took me off for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks uh, you know, the first week you're like uh, just walking and not doing crazy stuff. And then days after days, you, you can do more stuff. And then I went a uh, f- few days with my friend in Dubai. Uh, I also went to Spain. And uh, last week, no, no, yeah. Last week we were in um, cabreton Breton surfing with the team. It was a uh, in-camp, but uh, um, vacation. That looks wicked. Are you a good surfer? Uh, not really.
5: <laughs>
3: it's fun to to do, but I hate going back to you know in the sea to take the wave. You know I like yeah. it here, but when you need to go back. It's horrible. So that's why uh, I did tw- twice surfing, but it's enough for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tell us just a bit about French national champs. Have you have you won that before as a junior? Uh, yeah, in junior I won. Uh, I won in youth category in junior
3: and junior. And the yeah. engineer won the junior title plus the elite title in the same oh,
2: year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had when the fastest time. Nothing crazy. <laughs> and you, you were really going for it this year because the other guys were a little bit, they weren't really feeling it, were they? Loic and Laris and Amory, I don't think.
3: Um, no, Loic was going really fast because I think he did second or third. I don't know. I'm
2: yeah, he sure. did actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It was.
3: Uh, I think when you are maybe in practice, everybody was a bit chilling uh, for us. Also, we were testing. We were not really focused as on World Cup, but when you're on the start gate, you are giving everything. So yeah. no, everybody is was going really fast. And Antoine was going really fast. He won the race and uh, even like it was uh, impressive. And yeah, uh, yeah it, Benoit also was uh, pushing really hard, but he had a, a flat tire. And um, but the track was really good also. Like uh, it was a bit of French champs, uh, French uh, World French cup uh, track. But uh, it was fun to ride. It's good to end the, the season on a not. It was not an easy track, but it was not really hard as Val d'Isol because uh, if after Val you have another track
2: like that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back home uh, holiday now. We're going to the to the beach. Uh, and tell tell us a bit well, one thing you, you just mentioned all the talent that, that the French have got at the minute what was it like being on that team at, at Worlds being with, with, that team is so stacked with talent yeah for
3: sure it's amazing to see I don't even know why um, all the French uh, French riders are so fast at this time because you can see maybe five or, um, or maybe seven years ago when Loic was in junior it was maybe one of the only one fast. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, no, no, no. I, was, I think it's that. And just a few years after, you have so many riders coming. So it's so good to see that, and I hope it will stay like that for a few years. And I hope the the young guys, uh, the the younger generations uh, are going to be faster. And
2: uh, you're good friends with Loic and Loris. and yes, yeah, for we are sure. all friends. Uh, and did you ride together at Worlds? Uh, no, 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 absolutely no, I didn't ride with you. it was <laughs> way it was. It was keeping your long. lines to yourself, yeah. <laughs> cool, so tell us a bit. You're going to Corsica this weekend, French French Cup. Uh, I think I'm, um, I think it's a French Cup.
3: I'm doing it on the e bike, so Oh. Cool. yeah, I'm not sure if I, w- I will ride flat pedals or not, but uh, uh, today I try to ride flat pedals, so maybe I will ride flat pedals.
2: And is this an Enduro? Or is this a
3: downhill? Yeah, it's enduro, Enduro,
2: enduro. enduro. Yeah, right? Enduro.
3: Okay. And French Cup? I'm pretty sure. I need to check because uh, I don't even know where I'm going. So. are <laughs> 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 uphill back.
8: stage as well, like in the EWS, or no?
3: Sadly, uh, I think, but I don't know. I don't even know how it's working. I just uh, I'm going with my back, I'm riding my back, having some fun, and yeah. uh, we'll see how it's working.
2: I hope I will have enough battery. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we might see you on the EWS at some point? Uh, I was supposed to do Finale. Right. Uh,
3: But uh, I prefer to have the surgery and, uh, you know, having more time to to be prepared and enjoy after than doing Finale and being uh, at the surgery after. So, but... um, Maybe if uh, there is one race before the downhill season, just to get prepared, you know, to have the the good physique. But um, yeah. no.
8: <laughs> I think it's good you didn't do a finale. Yeah,
3: I yeah, it was really very really uh, hard. I need I need to I need to choose the good venue because
8: yeah.
3: <laughs> for me to 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 do some appeals. Uh, maybe Martin Mays video. was
8: saying how they couldn't make the next stage. Almost they had to sprint to the next stage because it was too short. Like the yeah. leaders were like too short. In time, so they were like, they all had like maybe one minute, two minutes before they start. So apparently, it was a real stressful.
3: Oh, yeah, that's
5: that's
8: something (laughs) I can
5: do.
3: (laughs) Maybe it's good to have some sprints in the stage, but between stage, (laughs) take the lift, or I don't know, just a few minutes of pedaling,
2: not hours and hours. (laughs) That's why I'm downhill. (laughs) Have you ever done the Maker Avalanche? No, never. Yeah, you ma- so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a hundred kilometers on the snow is pretty oh,
3: I can imagine that. I never tried, it, but I don't know. That's something I like to watch, you yeah. know, some GoPros or videos, but it's too dangerous to do that. When you have a season uh, to do like the World Cups, you cannot do this type of race, which which is a big risk, I think. Yeah. Even if it's pretty really funny and can be interesting to do, but
2: yeah, I think it's too much risk. Have you done the mega MA? Eh?
8: no no never fancy no like he said like now i stop racing because i don't want to get injured and when you race down you're alone on a track so basically you have your you can you control your own faith right yeah and you are right riding with other people like hundreds of people at the time it's just so dangerous like he said like someone was like what happened to tracy this year yeah like she got knocked out because someone ran into her and she got ridden over by another rider you don't want that so um I don't know. I don't feel like I want to race anymore especially not something that physical and um, I like to prepare myself for something and I don't want to train that much anymore. So I guess this is
5: me not racing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show again, Tiva. It's always great to chat to you. And we're we're loving loving following your career in Elite. Um I hope you can keep up going full gas again next season. Thank you. Um That's it um, for this episode. Thanks to the sponsors of the show, Hope Technology, JTEC Suspension, Revolution Bike Park, Ride Southern Spain, Schwalb and Singletrackworld.com. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you've got a sec, please drop us a review. Alternatively, please give us a follow on Instagram at MakingUpTheNumbersRacing or Facebook.com slash MakingUpTheNumbers. We'll be back with another episode very soon.
1: This has been the Mammoth's production for Making Up the Numbers.